0: Hello, good evening. Welcome back to Loud Group.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Dane. I'm Rose.
0: And today we are going to be getting into a bit of a touchy subject um, regarding teaching online classes during this, uh, this quarantine period. Um, I guess before we get into anything, um, just really important that while we're going to be talking about a little bit of the left and right that comes with um, what what happens when everybody jumps online and starts teaching uh, classes? Um, that this is in no way targeted at making anyone feel um, less than or bad about about trying to, to make something positive happen during this time.
1: Yeah, I think what we uh, I think what we aim to do with all of these podcasts is actually just open a dialogue for people. It's never about um, forming judgment on a way that a person or an institution or anything runs or operates. It's more just maybe throwing in a different thought process for people to take on board and sometimes filter it completely out or sometimes filter and like take on a slightly different mindset um, to carry forward, which we hope is constructive and helpful across the board. Right,
0: so it's kind of like if there's anything Um, I mean, that's a a good point. Like anything across any of our podcasts, when it comes to what our perspectives are, our perspectives are very much based on our experience, our professional experience. The fact that, you know, the UK is not the only place that we've worked. It's not the only place that we will continue to work. Um, And the objective is to try to get people uh, in line with an understanding of how they can avoid becoming kind of like diluted in with the rest, so to speak. And really instead make sure that we're taking steps towards um, actually establishing uh, a fulfilling professional career. Um, it's not to say that anybody isn't worth that, uh, but there is definitely something to be said about standards uh, within what we do. The fact that there is not really a lot in terms of you know governing... Uh, yeah, there is
1: no governing body yeah. with, with art, which is why it's such an incredible thing, but also, I guess, just... You know, it's that thing of like having that little like check moment and, and making sure that your artistic integrity um, stays intact, regardless of what's happening around you.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to throw the ball in your court. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> how how um, what is your OK, so um, have you and will you consider uh, teaching a, a, an Insta Live class or an online class and kind of like where do you where in your disposition are you when it comes to that?
1: Absolutely not. Um, I, yeah, I refuse to do that um, for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that, that the way that I operate um, as a teacher and as a dancer, as a choreographer, um, is very much about the people that I'm in a room with. It's about the energy and the chemistry that you have between the people taking your class or sometimes the people assisting with a class or the musician in the room. And that, for me, isn't something that I believe I can give full value via the internet um so that's I guess on the personal artistic side of it the other side of it for me is as well that I I think it's a really difficult thing to get across maybe quality um when you can't physically see someone and correct and you know one of the biggest reasons that i am constantly drawn to new york and that i i am working to be there more often is because i feel like i get a lot of um you know professional dancers that have been you know dancing as long as i have um who are still self-correcting and still have their teachers correct them and i have a handful of them my mentors and coaches in london who do that but because you don't have that ability to do that in person, online, I don't believe that I can benefit myself or benefit um, anyone else um, through that medium. Um, the other side of it, and again, I would like to reiterate again, this is this is purely my stance on it. I'm not negating anyone and what they're doing um, on or offline at the moment. Everyone is doing what they believe is right, and I, I hands down believe that. Um, however... I find it really difficult to justify charging people online for say a ballet class or anything like that when they have the opportunity to also access it for free Um, and I think considering that it's not just the people who teach classes that have lost work it's also the people that are attending classes. it, it, it feels a little bit like a double standard to me to expect people to still pay me when they also haven't got any work. Um, I was actually having a conversation um, with a dear friend of mine this afternoon about it and I feel like the grey area um, in this whole thing is actually for colleges and you know schools, actual like like dance schools, dance school not places that have open classes. Um, who have actually charged people tuition for a certain amount of time. Um, because the colleges and, and schools aren't in a position to refund this, they're trying to keep up their curriculum and their syllabus via online with the same teacher, with the same students. And I think that is actually really beneficial because you're not stopping children's education, you're not stopping a college degree. Well, also because a pretext, of that. Yeah. exactly and there's pretext. So you already have a rapport with these students, you already have they have a rapport with their teachers. So shifting that relationship from offline to online um i don't think is the same because you again you've you've already seen them in person and you know you know what their maybe bad habits are technically that you can fix and and those type of things so i and then on the other side of things you know i again i believe that everyone is doing what they need to do to make an income or to maybe make an impact but my Question, I guess, to listeners and anyone is: you know, is your motivation behind why you're doing this purely for the benefit of either your own training or to f- actually train other people? Or is it maybe lacking a little bit of thought before jumping into something and the motivation is maybe behind something a little bit more empty, i.e., getting a social following or having a certain amount of people sign into a class? Um, you know, is it then you know, uh, quality over quantity or vice versa?
0: Right, and I think what we're talking about here is is not so much about um, established teachers who are saying, you know, I'm trying to reach my student base and I'm gonna I'm gonna provide this for the time being for the sake of you know being able to keep uh, keep up training with the with the students that I already have, for example. Mm. Um, I think that uh, what, what you've described is a very grassroots kind of like assessment also of the the, the nature of the business itself and the fact that Prior to any of this, we had already been struggling widely with people jumping in to teach classes as mm-hmm. a subsidiary form of income, um, just for kind of like the sake of it, just the the, yeah. the the value of I want to teach. I feel like teaching versus can you teach? Are you a great teacher? Do, yeah. Is this do you what actually you do? have
1: valuable knowledge and kindness and, and compassion and empathy and wisdom and all of those things to share or are you doing something because you can earn more in an hour doing that than Mm. you can working a minimum wage job
0: right and i think there's a difference between um between doing something recreationally and doing something professionally Mm. there are definitely standards when it comes to doing things professionally if it's recreational then are you making that distinction are you saying this is just for fun we're not trying to make this a really heavy thing so on and so on but then again are you contributing to people having fun are you making this a a come one come all type of thing on purpose or is it clear that where you're trying to go with this is towards a professional direction Mm -hmm. because if so then it's kind of like we've kind of got everyone so to speak everyone who is doing this um in a space now where we're online and we're seeing a lot. We're seeing so many more yeah, dance classes inunda- online.
1: Inundated with content sometimes isn't a good thing. Um, sometimes I think, you know, considering everyone is locked in their homes and all, all of those, you know, things that were kind of out of our control at the moment, um, is being inundated with content, regardless of what the co- that content is, actually helpful creatively, or actually does it make you a little numb to being original? You know, so I I realize it just like kind of like switched into like a different thing. But I think it is kind of all really intertwined because, you know, I, you know, for example, if I'm if I'm about to choreograph something, I purposely don't watch anything on YouTube on, you know, because I don't want to be influenced by dance moves that I've seen. And that's a subconscious thing. You don't obviously want to ever recreate someone else's work, but. If I've watched, you know, six hours on YouTube, when well, I never sit on YouTube for that long, if I watch, you know, that amount of time on YouTube of, say, um, you know, Yuri Killian's work, who I am, I, I love his work, and then I get straight into a studio, it's only natural that I'm going to be influenced by that. Yeah. So I think we just need to be, um, again, question ourselves and, and open a dialogue with our teachers and people around us right now to make sure that what you are letting into your homes via the internet right now is actually really constructive for you and and that the motivation is really clear as to why you're involved in it or why you're not involved in it because i would also like to point point out that my view on this is actually the same view as probably 10 or 11 professional dancers that i have spoken to who are dear friends globally and they're just people i've touched base with in the past three days um so i think that even though online we are seeing that you know most of the people that you might follow on social media are all doing this actually there is the equal amount of people who actually haven't have the same view as what i've just expressed so um yeah just being open i guess to to more than just what you're being what's being thrown in your face i think
0: um you know one thing i think i want to articulate as well is that we're talking about multiple fields in dance Mm. and where and, and i resonate with what you're saying because um, although, although it's not so much about um, it's not so much based on not being influenced by anyone else as kind of within within my field in dance. It's much more you do have to take from everyone. You do have to learn a bit from everyone, and then you, the challenge is to try to figure out you know if you're going to go into a creative direction as a as an artist. If what you want to do is become a, a choreographer, you're 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 taking kind of you know bits and pieces and influences of what it is that you've learned, and then you're kind of pulling it together in your own unique way putting that out forward and it's a result of um, it's a result of kind of a a combination an amalgamation of all of your training um, is that where you are right now as we do this for the sake of only making up for the fact that what we don't have is the opportunity to get into the room together mm-hmm. and leading to a, a broader question about what happens when we get back into the room mm-hmm. you know what happens when we get is it you know we were we're doing online classes we're building up kind of a, a following on on social media in terms of that and ideally we turn that into a more stable income when we come out of this is that a, a, a good in within a lack let's say of other opportunities to generate an income at this moment is this actually uh, our efforts in this direction actually building something effective that is going to prevent us from getting in the situation god forbid that this happens again (laughs) in in the future you know Mm. where where we don't have access to the studios we don't have access to each other in that sense anymore um i think that that a a really great initiative that i see that i've also seen very widely is people just like being present using the challenge of being on instagram live Mm. to just like go for it and to practice and to invest in their own practice on their own you know with n- not That's not necessarily with like the goal of you know instructing or having everybody watch or having everybody jump in
1: yeah that is actually interesting because I was speaking with again a, a dancer friend um, in Tel Aviv today and also a musician friend who's based in London and we were all kind of saying that it's you know as as a creative you know you never especially a self-employed creative you actually never get this time to hone your craft and I find it um quite inspiring and actually like the comment that was said um at the end of this one conversation with my musician my musician friend was i can't wait to see what art comes out of this like what people are going to create within three weeks and then show to the world or not show to the world but the fact that you know there is a different approach to this that could actually help you more creatively or even if it is just for a small amount of time you utilize this time that is so incredibly valuable and again that doesn't take away from the fact that yes it's financially stressful yes there are so many things surrounding this that are incredibly infuriating you know from a government level to just the way that people are acting with each other you know um but a really special thing is that actually we have the gift of time mm-hmm. um and again as a creative I it, it's so rare to have that and you know it could be you know I've been sitting in front of a whiteboard for the past 48 hours um, you know nutting out my next kind of creative venture and that wouldn't have I don't think that would have actually come to me at three o'clock in the morning if I had been so exhausted from doing a rehearsal and then a casting and then a class in a day mm-hmm. so maybe that headspace, could be utilized wisely um or just even again just having the the, another way to think about things you you don't have to spend you know the entire day on instagram live you can if you would like to however you could actually potentially find a different version of you as an artist if you give it that space Mm
0: -hmm. i think it's an interest i mean it's interesting to pit one versus the other you Mm -hmm. know like are you are you taking all of the classes or are you teaching all of the classes you know to to put it in extremity um, can it be argued that during this time putting time and effort into your own practice whereas if you've only been teaching for like less than a couple of years that you're you know or a year let's say just to just to kind of like identify a standard that Mm -hmm. most people might agree with you know if I'm if I've been a teacher for less than a year and I was just kind of like starting it off the cuff by hiring out a space and you know uh, attracting enough people to cover the studio hire on a, on a weekly basis am i in a position to further that initiative now even in, in a more distant fashion than where i was before yeah very you know true. not in the room but now i'm like on Instagram live being like, hey guys, remember I'm a teacher who's been doing this for like little to no time. Are you really furthering an initiative for yourself that is going to get you somewhere in a couple of years time? Or is now, as you said, a good, a really good time to bring it back to yourself and go, hey, where am I in terms of my skill set, in terms of my understanding, um, in in terms of what I, how I know how to teach, you know? Are you doing, are, are you doing research on kind of the infinite, Uh, the the infinite amount of resources that you can find on YouTube alone about mentoring, about Mm -hmm. critical thinking, about teaching, you know, fundamentally educating. Yeah,
1: completely. And also, if you... Are you... By putting everything out without any thought process, are you then cheapening your personal brand? Are you actually devaluing yourself as an artist by continually churning out things for the sake of something to do? long term I don't know if that does or it doesn't I again it's just it's it's a question that I'm kind of asking myself and you and listeners um as I'm saying it because you know if you have if you have a really really um you know finite craft that no one else can do and you're a master of what you do and you've had three weeks let's hope it's three weeks um you know to figure out a new way of moving or a different get lost in a music hole and find something that's incredibly inspiring and when you get back in the studio will you then have even more to give or will you have if you have just put everything out that is coming to your head right now for you know however many followers you have on social media to see will they actually have the what's the word Uh, not leverage but the Need to actually attend your physical class, or do they? Well, they feel like they already have learned as much as they can from you.
0: I, I think that a lot of this, um, this kind of critical thinking about what it is we're doing and why we're doing it and what the intended outcome is or may not be, comes with um, this the, the the every man for himself attitude that we have in mm-hmm. London, where. There is no real governing standard from the studios that qualifies you to be a teacher It's really if you can fill a room then like it's it's fair game And I think this is a really interesting time to reflect on how we perceive um, Our industry as kind of like a land grab mm-hmm. It's like if there's a slot available in a studio fine and now actually there are infinite slots and actually no You don't have to get charged studio do yeah. to like jump on Instagram but the, the argument I would make is if you know we is that a we should have this "every man for himself" attitude, but it has to be uh, from a from a place of self development, because that's the thing that actually attracts yeah. other people who are also trying to achieve something similar. As opposed to how can I get out there? This whole attitude of how can I get out there? How can I be seen? How can I be noticed? Um, and how can I get to a place where I'm respected? You... But again, it's
1: that thing of critical thinking of, yeah. of okay, if that is your goal, then what are you doing to what are you doing behind the scenes to make you the person that people want to see Mm -hmm. you know like anyone can put like everything and everything anything and everything that they're doing out to the world but I think again I always talk about longevity you know if you want to build a brand and I'm talking about personal brand that people can never get enough of do you do that or do you spend a little bit more time Focusing on putting up the quality
0: Yeah, and obviously this kind of uh, this is going to apply in very many ways to different people based on their perspectives, based on who's around you, based on what styles of dance you study, based mm-hmm. on uh, what kind where you're actually trying to go in terms of um, the professional work if that's where you want to go. Um, but I I think it's it, it is certainly based in assessing where you're at, and then deciding how am I going to make myself better. In the pursuit of, yes, attracting other people to you. Ultimately, what we do is performance-based. But if there's a fine line. Um, there's a fine line when it comes to um, understanding how dance is a commodity to us. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it? It's it's personal for us. The, the artistry is a very personal thing. We want to be able to to share and give love and send positive vibes. At what point are you selling what it is that you're doing? And where are you potentially? Um, preserving or otherwise sacrificing that commodity by not really thinking too deeply about it, yeah. and just going, you know what, you know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be criticizing each other. We shouldn't be, da 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 da. You know, it's very easy to look. I, I think, um, and this would go in line with a number of the conversations that I've had even before this, when it came to who should be a teacher and who should not be a teacher. Yeah. It's that, you know, we have to be able to have some of these critical conversations so that we can at least look at things objectively and then understand okay well why does the world buy this because we're not exactly we're not building iphones and selling them for a living
1: yeah we don't have a tangible product you know so we have to make ourselves invaluable but i think actually what you said earlier is really interesting you know it is really important to be you know focused on yourself but there's a massive difference between being self-aware and focused on self-development to benefit yourself and others And just being incredibly self-absorbed and focused on one kind of empty outcome so figuring out what that is for you and like you said you know having the conversation you know i think conversations like this without someone getting defensive because their opinion is another way or vice versa is the key in opening the communication to anyone and everyone that you encounter that is how you educate people that is how you share your knowledge that is how you form in your opinion on something by listening to someone else's you know I I think you know both of us we have conversations with people daily about various things and sometimes people will say things that are the complete opposite of how we think and how we operate but sometimes if you if you hear them out and you listen through it you actually again you start to think more about your approach to things and that's how we grow and that's how we change and that's how we should teach
0: yeah, I mean, think, uh, just using an example um, of what you said earlier about, you know, colleges maintaining, you know, potentially not being able to refund um, tuition to students who aren't able to go into the class at this moment, um, facilitating classes online for those specific people. Mm-hmm. Presumably they're still able to pay their teachers. Mm-hmm. If you think about that on a wider scale, think about the broader community and think about everybody. You know, we didn't all exactly come on the same page and say, you know what? we should before and this is obviously in a perfect world and this is not expected in nobody <laughs> yeah. does this, but like you know th- think about the opposite scenario whereby we would all come together and agree on a certain set of standards and agree that things should be um that, that things should cost x amount and that mm-hmm. you know the way that things were done were were done in, in in a certain way you know then we would be streamlined in a way that was like all right united from we're all kind of in this together doing this together the problem that I see is that we don't, first of all, that scenario does not exist in reality um, But it's kind of conflated in, th- in, the, in the social media atmosphere yeah. bet- somewhere between um, I'm doing this for myself and for my development and then I'm doing this for clout and for you know for gain to Potentially leverage on you know at the time yeah. that this is all over. So it's kind of like, you know, because we don't have um, a proper forum to ha- to be able to have that conversation, we do have to come at it from a place of like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: But what's interesting is, you know, we have got a forum. You know, when it comes to actual work as performers, you know, it, you know, I know it's still like, you know, equity and and our agents and you know, even us with our group, you know, we we are abiding by a certain kind of standards and we're constantly fighting for more money for people and you know, to get to educate clients and theaters and and, to, and production companies to be able to value dancers in a certain way. Um, so exactly what you've just said is basically just on the other side of it. If we don't have that amongst each other on a smaller scale, i.e. when this all happened, you know, maybe four or five people coming together and saying, okay, we could put things online. We, sh- we should charge people of us money how can this benefit everyone? And how can we make this a standard, how do we standardize this process so that everyone benefits equally? Because those things haven't happened and don't happen on a ground level with the actual dancers and teachers and choreographers, when things are back up and running, it, I think it makes it more difficult for my for myself and, and for agents and for equity and any kind of union body to then continue to fight for us. It just, it's almost exposed the fact that even though they're fighting one battle for us on a work front, collectively as a community on, of, of creatives, we're not doing that together, yeah. so there's always going to be that, that shift between, uh, not shift, sorry, that gap between what we feel like we're owed and that sense of entitlement and what we're actually going to receive. Until that gap is bridged.
0: Yeah, I think it I think it's important to look at behavior across the board If what we're doing is is looking for personal gain We also have to look at how our behavior impacts the community professional the the professional community around us Mm -hmm. and whether or not that's actually Doing us more harm later on down the road if what you want is later down the road to be paid better to be acknowledged better for what the, for the for the commodity that you offer and for the work that you put into producing that commodity such that people want to buy it because they don't feel that they can just get it anywhere else maybe we don't contribute so much to the free online platform and just kind of like put it all out there like mm. you know it's not it, it's it's kind of like if that's what your objective is then it would seem contradictory to to do it any other way
1: yeah but it's also down to consistency as well you know we i'm constantly saying you know i think in order to be a successful performer in any industry you need to be consistent with your training and your growth and you know all of those things but i think even something as simple as <clears throat> we did our first episode what just over a week ago mm-hmm. and we discussed the um, artist supporting artists sticker on instagram it's not even been a week and that stopped
0: I didn't even clock that. <laughs> yeah, do
1: you know, and and so like there there is automatically within the like on the ground community of dancers that there's almost an expiry date. So because nothing gets seen through for long enough, because there's no foundations there put by us, mind you. I'm I also I'm also part of this community as is Dane. So you know we are just as accountable for the opening these conversations. Hence why we've started this podcast um so that that can be rectified because actually you know if we have a week of of a bunch of artists supporting each other and then it stops because everyone realizes that they can build a bigger social media following by doing something else you know that that in itself is is kind of it's toxic long term because you can't nothing's going to like i said nothing's going to be going long enough to make a change and i think that's why even now you know we've been in this industry combined for what 25 30 years and the fights on the wage front and the rights front and you know standards on movie sets and everything like that that we are still fighting for it we're not even close to getting that completely like across the board universally because (laughs) we haven't fixed ourselves yet
0: yeah and i think there's a huge problem with Assuming that that's never going to happen and that your efforts and however small, you know, however singular w- Wouldn't actually impact the result of that because they absolutely will if we if more of us were just to try to adopt a, a, a broader mentality of Actually, if I go about the development of my career in a, in a in a way that respects the value that I see for myself in that sense every step of the way and if you um, and if and if we continue to have these conversations with people and, and develop those mindsets in the process of developing our, our, our talent and our, our you know and mm. along the way, in five to ten years' time, this might actually look different. Yeah. Um, but for the moment, it's it's like it's just it seems to have blown out of proportion again. Again. You know where we maybe still actually I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah. You know, um, it's really food for thought today, guys. I think we're I don't think our objective. This is not a PSA. You know? No,
1: absolutely like the polar opposite actually I think the fact that you know we're not afraid to talk about controversial things um, because again starting a conversation is the key to opening communication and if you have good communication amongst your peers amongst anyone that you encounter you do have the ability to shift things and change things for the greater good mm-hmm. so I feel like as well, anything that we have said in this podcast in particular, you know, it is, I don't, there's no judgment and it's not even necessarily opinion based because as I said, you know, we are open to having our opinions changed on things. If someone can give us information or show us a better way. Uh, Bearing
0: in mind, you know, that's not a total disclaimer to the fact that we've been around the block a few
1: times. Yeah. 100%. Like my, our opinions come from a place of, we know what we're talking about and we've you know their educated opinions because of what we've experienced and what we continue to experience um but again it's i don't i think that one of the beautiful things about having this forum and also being who we are is that we do listen to people and we do take into account other people's journeys and opinions and form an educated idea of what we think th- things should be based on that is what i'm trying to say yeah. we're not saying this is what i think about this Full stop. It's quite the opposite, mm-hmm. because if someone was to come to me tomorrow and say, "Hey, what do you think about this implementing this system to be able to fix all this stuff?" Because I agree with what you said, but I think that you've missed a bit. I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! Let's right. let's open a, let's open that dialogue and figure it out."
0: One hundred percent for the sake of opening up a dialogue. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's all this is about.
0: Um, I think the expectation of being able to access quality education when it comes to dance on a grassroots level—let's say whether that be a beginner to how that progresses to more advanced classes to how the, to how becoming an advanced dancer then progresses to becoming a professional—is going to be the. It, it's very hard to access all of these things and to be sure that all of the uh, to all of this education at every level along the way is true and genuine to what we're trying to achieve if everyone is doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're learning at the same, if you're learning as a as a begin, as a novice intermediate dancer and teaching at the same time, it's not the same. No. And teaching fundamental, uh, teaching beginner classes actually, like a long time ago, was reserved for teachers who had been in the field for a really long time because it was so important. Yeah, you right. so It was these, generally
1: people that had retired or yeah.
0: And were back to teaching fundamentals because they wanted to see the progress in the field moving forward. Mm. It wasn't a case of I can hire a studio and just try my luck. Mm-hmm. And you know. If I was, if I was ripping <laughs> enough moves <laughs> from on. the five right people, and you know, making yeah. people, you know, like it's just then, then maybe I would just get some like clout, which is what happens, unfortunately, and we can't reverse that. We can't hope to reverse that if it if we don't actually try to take action towards those things. So that's really, I think, the the, the crux of what it is we're trying to get yeah. at, and that this isn't about, and that under no circumstances are we to be judgmental or to get angry. At anyone for doing anything in any way that they fundamentally have the right to go and do if they really want to but
1: also having having the strength and the power to have a voice if you disagree with something morally or on any level is okay if it doesn't come from a place of judgment or anger you know if you have to be able to broaden people's eyes and 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 give them a different view on things you know yeah. Yeah, that's how again that's how we learn that's how we grow um,
0: I mean, I'll admit too. Like, you know, coming up in this industry, the first couple of years that I was like working, working, I was like looking at people around me that were my age. And I'm talking about like, you know, seven, eight years ago, and I was like genuinely really mad. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm putting like my all yeah. day, every day, twenty four seven into this thing, and I am actually achieving progress, and I can't even seem to share the knowledge that I'm gaining right now because everyone's just kind of like off doing their own thing, like whatever they want, whenever they want, and that actually that was enraging to me because I wanted to. I just, I only wanted to see more and I wanted the value of what I had to offer to make impact at its fullest potential. But you, but that's you,
1: also exactly what, what I said like at the beginning in the sense of if you, you're either a teacher or you're not. And my mother is a teacher and she has been her whole whole life. And I remember her saying to me once, you're either a teacher or you teach. And like what you've just described to me has nothing to do with how old you were and how old your teachers were and how what boxes you had to take in order to be able to hold a class and share your knowledge. You're a teacher by nature. So your, your automatic go-to when you started to be inundated with, with knowledge and experience was to want to pass it on. And that's really, really special, and that's what I think myself and you and a handful of incredible people in London and New York that I know really well and I know for ULA and, and in Canada. like That's how we teach, that's how we operate. Yeah. But I think, again, if, if you're going into a class in any genre, and you don't feel that, if you feel like the teacher is teaching because they're, it's about them and they're not willing to be completely vulnerable and give you everything, mm-hmm. then it's okay to question that and it's okay to look around until you find someone who does fulfill you with everything that they could possibly give you information-wise and inspiration-wise and, yeah, and then, again, make an informed decision and be a critical thinker about where you want to put yourself where do you want to place yourself within this industry
0: yeah yeah so back to you know during this time really taking a critical look at your yourself and your circumstances and your disposition and not necessarily going at um going at an opportunity because you see that it's an opportunity for other people but it's actually something that is going to feed exactly where it is that you want to go um and also that during this time where we can't be in the room, where we can't actually have a real class experience, to make sure that we're not prioritizing um, teaching others through a screen more than we are investing in our own personal development, because actually that's going to have way more of a positive impact and is going to make you... It, 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 it brings you... coming back to yourself every time is the, the surest way to be aware of your real progress and where that's actually going. And, um, yeah, again, the point is just to start a dialogue. So it, I, think it's, I, I think it's much more productive that we start conversations like this, even if they are a little bit difficult, um, whereas it's much easier to share opinions about what we like and what we don't like and who said this and who's yeah. connected to that, you know, all of that kind of stuff. We can I think we're at a time now, especially where we can sort of upgrade the, the level of conversations that we're having i think we have
1: a choice do we i think uh, if we if we all expect something to shift and globally not just within our industry then we need to be willing to do that to Mm -hmm. shift the way we have conversations with people so they are for the purpose of growth and change and yeah hell yeah hell yeah stay
0: safe stay healthy people
1: all the love